Welcome to the Performance Health Podcast. My name is Tim Karen. Today we're going to be going through key performance indicators practical. One of the big things that we're trying to do is learn how to filter our information, leveraging models like bell curve, Pareto principle, to find metrics that actually really help us towards a big goal. Also, check out phpodcast.com. We completely overhauled the entire website, so you'll see all of the courses are broken up into the modules, and they go through a certain learning curve that you can really sink your teeth in to see your progress, hopefully get more retention, hopefully get overall more value. phpodcast.com, your go-to source for all coaching and training education, as well as check out phpodcast.com to see our book coming out, Strength Deficit. This is going to be your go-to resource to understanding how to leveraging eccentric versus concentric ratios to optimize training and training environments. Got all the testing, got all the programming, all the things that you need to help you write a really efficient program to maximize eccentric versus concentric ratios. Realize.me, this is your command center for all health and wellness data. Got a series of blogs coming out with them, so stay tuned for that. I'm really excited about these blogs. This is a great tool for myself, my gym. This is where I track and I coordinate all of my data. Everything that I do from my wearables to my blood to supplements, my nutrition, everything is tracked right there. And it's my command center, aka my big dashboard, to really evaluate the effects of our program. What a fitting example we're talking about right now with key performance indicators. I can really be disciplined with measuring stuff that actually is meaningful and relevant to the larger goal. Realize.me, your command center for all health and wellness. All right, guys, I hope you guys enjoy this. Make sure you check out the module. We have our case study on there, as well as next week, we're going to have Matt Shadid talking about what he thinks about key performance indicators. So I'm really fired up on this one. I think it's going to be a great module for you guys to sink your teeth in. If you're going to start anywhere, I would probably say this would be a pretty good one to start so you can start to get to work on some things that actually matter relatively speaking to a big goal. All right, guys, see you guys next week. key performance indicators. And one of the things that I want to allude to when we talked about key performance indicators or KPIs on our last module, our last portion of this module in principles, is this idea of measure what matters. And, you know, I, I think this is a polarizing topic when we talk about measurement or things that we're trying to quantify to justify our training or training inputs, right? And, you know, I, the thing that we've been talking about with all of our coaching modules is kind of going through this process, a process of, or a due process of very scientific with what we're deciding to do. Screening, clearing, kind of create this large bandwidth and then utilizing experiments to justify that. The scientific method is something that, you know, really is, is imperative to understanding what we're doing on a more objective level. And, you know, there's, there's a little bit of, of nuance when we look at scientific method in regards to, it's so easy to manipulate in regards to being within our favor, right? You know, the, the classic line when you start to get into, you know, scientific research or looking at data or performance analytics, you know, this idea of just removing noisy data or non-supportive data to justify whatever outcome or means you're trying to get. And on the other end, you know, there's a higher level output. You know, there's this throughput that we start to work through deciding what we do, and then it has to lead into a very clear delineated vector. And, you know, one of the things that I like about key performance indicators is, or looking at this concept of measure what matters, is looking at true objectives that everybody can agree upon that is going to actually hold people disciplined to some sort of standard of what we're doing from a training standpoint. So the, the, 
the recap from principles of key performance indicators is let's start to figure out what actually matters. You know, what is actually leading to an increased bottom line? You know, and when we think about the things that we could do from a training perspective, think about the things that we want to do, the things that are bias and our preference and what we associate our identity with are so tempting to pull us into this trap of doing really irrelevant and unnecessary things with training. And the key is at the end of the day, are we making a net closer outcome to performance at a higher level or are we making a net neutral or even a net negative? And a lot of times we can omit certain things that quite frankly are going to be irrelevant or even counterproductive to the outcome that we want to accomplish. So there's a, a, a really, really good book called Laws of Medicine. Um, and you know the, the, the key behind this is you know, we need rules. If you've ever read Checklist Manifesto, Laws of Medicine, you know, we need rules to govern us, right? Human beings are biased creatures. We have our agendas, we have our preferences, we have things that we associate with our identity. You know, this, this self-serving thing, everyone's got an agenda, no matter what. And I don't care who we are, myself included, that we all find identity, purpose, and meaning from the things that we do. So we want that to be true or correct, or we want that to be a larger, bigger play, right? Sometimes it's just differentiated, right? So we see a lot of different novel things. And the question would be, is it novel because it's better or novel because it, it's a desire to be different to create some sort of notoriety? And this becomes really hard to filter. It becomes incredibly hard to filter in terms of what is best practice for you and your setting to what you should be doing with your athletes or clients. This is why it's so important to have a really good screening process. It's why it's really important to have a really good philosophy and mission statement. It's why it's really important to have principles and rules to govern what we're doing. You know, but one of the things that Laws of Medicine talked about, and I thought this was a very poetic line, that it's the outliers that tell us the rules, right? It's the people on the fringes of what's happening positively and negatively that are deciding essentially how effective or ineffective what we're doing are. And if you've ever read anything in regards to the bell curve and or Pareto principle, right? Bell curve is this natural standard distribution chart that we have high responders on one end of the spectrum and low responders on, on the other end of the spectrum. And then we have moderate high and then moderate low type of responders. So it's this 10%, 40%, 40%, 10% response on any, right? This natural belt curve distribution for anything we decide to do, right? And what you see this manifest out is in group dynamics, right? We look at, I work with a football team of 100 guys, 20 of which are gonna respond either really poorly or really great, and then the 80% are gonna be in the middle. Conversely, Pareto principle, it's 20% of the things that we're doing gets us 80% of the results, but it's a very similar thing to the bell curve distribution in that, that we can do 100 different things, but 20% of those things are actually going to give us 80% of the results, so we should focus on that. Now, the, the, the key behind this, and I'll get back into the laws of medicine and what's really important from that line, outliers tell us the rules, is this concept of when we're looking at bell curve distribution, that we're going to have 10% really high responders, and we can hang our hat on those guys and say, that is the validation I need to justify my training, right? We could have done anything. They're just going to be incredibly high responders. And I'm actually writing 
my second book right now about training in the team setting and how to really organize around that facet. But I don't want to get off context here because I think there's a huge missed opportunity to understand and evaluate when we work with groups versus singular isolated incidences, right? People doing one-off training, one-on-one training are not the norm, right? Most of us are working within groups or most of us are working within a team setting. So the folks that are telling me that they can do this with their one-off client, well, that's, that's a hard thing to evaluate relatively speaking to a larger sample. It really is that we can't deta- we can't detach from the reality that if you're doing something on a one-on-one basis that you can force something that may be contraindicated or maybe not the best protocol by just coaching, coercion, motivation, incentivizing on a more singular one-to-one basis. I don't have that luxury with as many people as I would like in a group setting. That if a coach-to-athlete ratio is one to 100, that I'm gonna get the law of averages playing out and then it's gonna fall into this natural bell curve distribution. And I'm gonna get a little bit more of a response to what it is that you know I'm, I'm doing good or bad. That I'm gonna see a lot more transparently. But the thing that's so important is don't fool yourself with the high responders. Again, majority of those folks are probably gonna be really pe- are people with high level nervous system function, predominantly fast twitch oriented, just really motivated type A ter personalities. Those are the folks that you can throw anything at them and they're gonna get better. They're not the ones that you should be focusing on. The ones that you should be focusing on are the low moderate and the, and the low, low responders. These are the folks that are really telling you what you're not doing well from a coaching execution standpoint or from a actual thought out process and what you did from a training standpoint. Go back to your screen, right? What is the criteria you're trying to define? Did you do any biomechanical? Did you do any biomotor? Did you do any, any physiology assessment? If not, bioenergetic assessment, if not, you're really kind of running blind as to why you do what you're supposed to do or why you did what you did and understanding what the cause and effect relationship of that was. Your low responders didn't respond because of what? If you don't have a clear diagnostic before you start training, you're really not going to get a good indicator as to what the effect of your protocol was, relatively speaking, to a baseline. But the key is the outliers create the rules that low, low responders now giving you information as to what you need to improve upon, right? Let's say that you evaluate your screen and your diagnostic was 100% accurate in terms of we need to work on this specific aspect within biomechanical, bioenergetic, or, or biomotor, right? And let's say that you go through the training process, everyone hit all their sets of reps, everyone did it with perfect technique, everyone did it on a consistent cadence, you thought, okay, they did what they needed to do from an execution standpoint. It is a programming problem. It is, you didn't do a great job of programming your stuff. Conversely, let's say it's inverted, that it was just poor compliance, no one executed, just variable day to day. We can't really rule out that it wasn't a a programming problem, but we have to associate, we need to figure out how to execute a logistics problem. Maybe we need to simplify to be able to get better results and then see if it was actually an actual programming problem. But the key is that low responder is giving you something to work upon. And what that does is creates a filter. It filters out the minutia. It filters out things that are irrelevant. It filters out things that quite frankly are unnecessary for you to think about in the short term, even potentially the long term. That if you really want to associate 
performance and performance training, you need to objectively say whether you did what you were supposed to do based off the intervention you made from an execution standpoint and a thought process standpoint. The outliers create the rules. You know, a really good example for this, and I hope Coach Boyle doesn't mind me speaking on his behalf, but one of the things that people always say to me about, you know, hey, I just hate how Coach Boyle doesn't squat his guys or girls, or I don't think he his myopic focus on unilateral training. The thing that's critical for Coach Boyle, conversely speaking, and mostly everyone else, is the sample size. That if there is a small crack in the system, that system is becoming amplified that system error is becoming amplified to a degree that most of us don't won't see for our entire coaching career, right? Can you imagine thousands of athletes and clients going through his system every single year, exposing the weak spots to a degree from a coaching standpoint and from an actual efficacy or thought process standpoint. So he has to create systems and rules to make sure that those cracks or those weak spots aren't vulnerable. So you imagine a thousand kids, thousand athletes going through his system every single year with hundreds of coaches saying something the liking of it's hard to back squat a thousand kids with a bunch of a hundred different coaches at a high level without getting injured or compromising performance. That's it. Now amplify your setting, amplify your practice. Imagine if you hundred X what you did tomorrow. Right, I have at my gyms right now over 500 clients. Let's say 100x that. Let's say I get 50,000 people. Right, where would be my weak spots? Where would be the low responders? Where would be the people that are ha- having a hard time getting results or adhering to the protocols that I'm creating and the systems that I'm creating? I got 20 coaches working with me. 50x that. All of a sudden, I got a thousand coaches. Now, I have to look at where their weak spots are. The weak spots on a small, small basis. And this is a fractal relationship, right? We've talked about this before. What's true on a micro will be true on a macro, just amplified to a certain degree. But that's the same thing as a bell as a bell curve. It's essentially taking that bell curve and widening it out to accommodate a larger sample. That your 5% lower, 10% lower responders with a sample size of 10 is one person. With a sample size of a thousand, it's a hundred people. With a th- sample size of a million, it's a thousand people. That very, very low res- low responder is telling you what you need to do differently from a key performance indicator standpoint. You have to measure what matters, relatively speaking, to the person that's not responding well. That's your filter. Your filter is distilling out and just sifting through all of the stuff that's just trivial and unnecessary. Right, remember we talked about novelty things. Is it novel because it's effective or is it novel because someone just wanted to be different? When you have a good filtration system and you understand bell curve and Pareto principle and understanding how to create really important metrics that actually quantifiable make a difference, you can sift through that very easily. Will that or won't that help me relatively speaking to a goal I'm trying to accomplish? win more games, have less athletes injured, perform at a higher level, whether it's speed or force or some sort of work, right? If I'm trying to get a marathon to cross 26 point whatever miles faster, how do I improve their efficiency, economy, and biomechanics to be able to get across that line faster? 
I need to sift through all of the stuff. I can say strength training, strength is the mother of all qualities. Not if it increases that person's body mass and makes it harder to cross that line faster. Yeah, but I can reduce injuries, okay? But if that person isn't as efficient as they should be and have to lo- just labor to go further or work harder in the same amount, of, same amount of distance, I might not have been the best strategy to increase their body mass by 10 pounds. Might be able to lead into some some phosphagen system stuff, improving their alactic, alactic power and capacity. But again, if it doesn't help me cross the line faster, it didn't help. You know, we see this all the time in business. One of the things that most people really have a hard, would have a, be shocked by just how many parallels there are between sports science and business evaluation is really confusing yourself and, and just manipulating the variables to make it seem like you're doing a good job when you know really inherently you're not. Right, this general concept of business performance of are you net profitable, yes or no, can completely be offset by, well, we're in a growth phase. We're gonna spend a lot to make a lot, right? Or we're, we're in this phase where it's a, a bad quarter because our clients and we're in a recession. I think the thing that most business experts will tell you is you need to be able to create systems to handle economic downturns, to handle slow seasons to handle things that we need to evaluate for the greater good to be net profitable quarter over quarter year over year and the same thing from performance training yeah our team's just not really that athletic we didn't recruit well well you need to do things to make them more athletic ah we're just small we don't really have the size to compete at this level well you need to do things to make them bigger well, you know, our guys are really always injury prone, so, you know, it just is what it is. No, you need to do things to make them more resilient. And I think the thing that becomes so apparent and why we don't look at this bell curve distribution and looking at low responders and looking at this simple concept of Pareto principle that 20% of the things that we should do, relatively speaking, will get us closer to that is I like doing certain things or I've built my philosophy and my identity around this thing and we could become easily prioritizing of stuff that's not really helpful or conducive to what that team needs. You know, what we've, we've looked at this and actually if you go back through my blogs, I've talked about pre and post mortems of what is going to be the reason why we're successful or not. And what are some limiting factors relatively speaking to that? And that's a filter system in its way in its way there. It's the same thing, just said differently. It's looking at it from a a, a pre a pre-evaluation of like here's our limiting factor and why we're not doing it. And you could have conversations with athletes, with coaches, with sports medicine, with sports psychology, whatever it is. And you just go to work on that. And looking through just laws of medicine is just creating rules to hold you to that standard, right? The outliers are telling you the rules. Okay, so we're, we're always hurt because our low responders are always can't make it through training. Well, maybe we need to evaluate our volume intensity. Maybe we need to evaluate our exercise selection. Maybe we need to evaluate our frequency distribution. Maybe we need to evaluate our structural balance. Maybe we need to evaluate our, our risk appraisal, right? Are we doing a movement screen or a diagnostic of potentially what might cause injuries if we don't evaluate it otherwise? In the end, you have some sort of clear area to work on. And then you have to go through the process of doing it. And you have to ask yourself, am I moving net closer to what it is that I evaluate with my key key performance indicator? 
yes or no. You know, one of the things that we're going to talk about in case studies, and you're going to see it next 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 mo- next part of this module is this idea that what really matters from a biomotor standpoint. Are we running faster? Are we jumping higher or further? Are we throwing something further or higher? And I like to keep it super simple. If I'm making progress in those areas, probably the exercise selection and the, and the training program was effective. If we're not, then I have to evaluate, am I really doing my job? So should I do weightlifting? Does it help those three, th- three areas or those three funnels? Absolutely, great. Should I do plyometrics? Should I do speed? Should I do certain tempo running? Should I do certain recovery days? Should I do certain flexibility or mobility things? Does it lead into faster times, higher jumps, further throws, yes or no? And if it does, then okay. Could be I just was a really good coach and there's a crappy program. Could be the alternative, it was a really good program and not really well executed. Both I can still improve upon. Both I need to have diagnostics to be able to evaluate. You know, are we hitting our sets and reps? Are we hitting our tempo? Are we hitting a position? So the range of motion is required. Are we going through the right exercise order? Okay, check those boxes. Are we making improvements on a week-to-week, month-to-month, quarter-to-quarter, year-to-year basis in those areas that are leading into metrics that actually matter to performance, yes or no? If it's not, then okay, i got to think about my philosophy and think about the things that I'm doing and find the equipment or find the tools and find the coaches that can help me get that done. And that's all it is. And the same thing for my business. Are we making money, yes or no? Are we growing? Yes or no? If I'm not, then okay, maybe I need to execute on a higher level. If yes, then maybe I need to write a better program. And that's all this is, is filtering your information to get the really good response by looking at bell curve distributions and saying the low responders are the ones that are telling me exactly what I need to do, when I need to do it, and how I need to do it. It's just stop lying to ourselves and saying, well, I'm a, I'm a powerlifting guy, I'm a weightlifting guy, I'm a speed guy, I'm a bodybuilding. You know you're not. You're a guy who gets what you do what I have to do. And one of the other ones that I thought was really important to kind of tie into this was, was John Berardi's uh, latest book and talking about being an expert generalist. I look at this as just being high utility, right? You can do the job that needs to be done, right? Marcus Lamone has talked about in The Profit. It's not waking up every day wondering if you have a job. It's wondering how many jobs you need to do, right? That's the thing. It's, I don't know about analytics. I don't know about speed. I don't know about bodybuilding. I don't know about weightlifting. I don't know about powerlifting. I don't know about kettlebells or maces or Indian clubs. I don't know about that stuff. I'm gonna go out there and learn because I think it's gonna bring value to what I'm doing, relatively speaking, to this outlet that I wanna hit. And if it brings value to that, then I can go ahead and work on it. If it doesn't, then I don't need to work on it. I don't need to focus on it. Hey, this new method came around. Is it gonna help me to the bottom line? Yes or no? Filter it out. Hey, learn it, adapt it, apply it. Maybe you need to subtract something else, but that's okay. You found something better. Go to work. That is in itself, a hopefully, a message that's conveyed across to you guys. Uh, take a look at the module. I think what you're gonna find in that is, is hopefully the visual that you need to understand bell curve and understand distribution and Pareto principles. Because when you really break it down, at the end of the day, if we can figure this out, we're gonna get so much better faster and we're gonna provide so much more value every single time. Imagine if you can get 100% across the board with every single person you work with great results and that your distribution is so skewed to the right that your low responders are still getting more 
positive outcomes, right? You're at Harvard and they're doing this bell curve distribution of people who pass and don't, the lowest grade in the class was a 90. So that person doesn't graduate, whatever it is. That's the concept here is that everything is just smushed all the way to the right, that everyone's performing at a really high level. It's just certain people performing not as well as others through some circumstantial things, not related to the program, but they're still getting great results. Wouldn't that be nice that every single person we work with gets amazing results 100% of the time? I think that should be what we'd be aspiring to do. And we do the jobs that need to be done to get that person to where they need to be that we filter our information, that we understand what is necessary and eliminate what's unnecessary. We have key performance indicators that really hold us to a higher standard of evaluating whether I'm doing my job or not. To me, that is the pretense of performance training. Are we or are we not accomplishing a goal based off of what is needed for that athlete to succeed at a higher level? So I hope you guys enjoyed this. Check out the case study because it's going to go through those key metrics and really how I evaluate my program working with athletes. And then the other part is we have an interview with a strength coach. We got Matt Shadid on who's just an unbelievable joy to, to listen to. And I think he's going to just, you're going to be blown away by how amazing he is. Hope you guys enjoy. Check you guys out next week and uh, we'll see you guys on the other side.